and welcome to another episode of the Music and Vibes Podcast. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. I hope everyone is doing great. I hope you had an awesome week and that with everything that's going on, you didn't find yourself depressed or stressed out or anything like that. Today on the um, podcast, we're going to do something different. I'm not going to have a complete episode of the podcast. I just want to have the first segment where we just talk because I know that I've been feeling some kind of way and I've been feeling stressed sad. I've been having a whole bunch of feelings about what happened with George Floyd. It's like I've been experiencing grief over what happened and it breaks my heart to see what is going on in our nation today. So I just think that even though I do have an episode planned for today and I worked hard on it, I did my research, I just feel that with everything going on, we need to take a break and we just need to focus on what's happening right now. And I say that because, you know, I always say that you have to feel things in order to grieve them, work through them, and come up with solutions. Because if you don't feel what is happening to our country right now, then it's easy just to overlook some things. And it's easy to pretend that they don't happen and just put on blinders like, no, this is not really going on. But I think that in today's society, we need to actually feel what is happening. We need to feel the frustration. We need to feel the grief. We need to feel the anger. We need to feel these things so we can come up with a rational way to solve the problem because this is a problem we have a problem here and i think in order for us to actually deal with it and talk about it and have meaningful dialogue we definitely need to take some time right now and just deal with what is happening in our nation today now for most of you long listeners of the podcast you know i always say that I try not to react to things immediately because I never, ever, ever make rational decisions when I just act on my emotions or act in the moment. It's never good. Never, ever. So if you've noticed, I have not spoken about this. I didn't speak about it last week and I'm just talking about it today because all last week I was frustrated. I was upset. I was in my feelings because... It was totally wrong how he was murdered by those police officers. And I can't just sit back and just say, you know, maybe it was just police brutality, which is what I've done for a long time. Because I didn't want to admit that racism was still alive in America. Because I've grown up in a pretty good environment. I have a good education. I live in a good neighborhood. My kids go to good schools. You want to kind of think that that's behind us. Like, it's not happening. And I grew up, I didn't grow up in the 60s, you know? I grew up, like, closer to the 80s. So it's just like, you want to think and you want to believe in your heart of hearts. Especially people like me. I'm an optimist. I think we can all get along. Life is great. We can all have this great utopia. The world is good. So when things like this happen, it kind of lets you know that, okay, that's not exactly true. And what you thought was actually happening is not what is happening. Now, I know that from, we've seen a lot of African-American men and women being murdered by police officers. And each time I've said things like, you know, maybe it's not racism. I think it could be police brutality. And maybe they just need to learn how to deal with people and learn how to de-escalate situations. That's what I've said for the longest. I've always given police officers the benefit of the doubt because I was raised up to believe that they're here to protect us and that they're here to keep us safe and that they're here to fight for all of us, not just some of us, but for all of us. 
That's what I was brought up to believe. I haven't really experienced any type of police brutality in my life or anything like that. And most of the encounters I've had with police officers were positive encounters. Like, they would wave a ticket or I didn't, you know... One time I almost got a ticket, but the guy was like, well, since it's your birthday, I'm not going to give you a ticket. I mean, but they've always been positive. Most of them have been positive um, encounters. They've been respectful. And so I haven't really had this type of negative experience with the police. Now, there were a couple of times when a police officer stopped me and they seemed to be agitated or upset. But I didn't think about it any other way except for maybe they just had a bad day. So when they approached me and they were like, well, didn't you see this? I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I really didn't see this. Or, you know, and I just apologized. And then they were like, okay, ma'am, you know, they looked at my license registration and they let me go. So I haven't had this experience where I was detained um, or I was thrown on the ground or anything like that. I haven't, I haven't had these experiences. So that is why when all this stuff was coming up, I was like, well, maybe it's just police brutality and maybe it's not racism because the last thing I want to do as an African-American woman is try to play a race card because I don't think that's something that should be done. And I think that if you say something is racist, it really needs to be so that it's not like a false alarm or anything like that. And I've also said in the past that, well, you know, the police say do something, just go ahead and do it. Don't argue, don't fight, just, just go do it. And I tried to justify a lot of their actions. But what happened on May 25th took all that away. It's like it took the blinders off my eyes. Because I'm like, you know what? I was like, he wasn't resisting arrest. He was on the ground. His hands were cuffed behind his back. And not just one officer was kneeling on him. It was multiple officers. Three, if I can be correct, were kneeling on him. The other officer was kneeling on his neck. Another officer's keeping people away. And I'm sitting up here like, this cannot be happening. And I've come to realize that it's not always police brutality. I have to accept that there is racism in our country. I have to accept that things are not fair and that the way it is right now, it does seem like black lives do not matter. And I know people are going to argue, well, you know, all lives matter. No, I get that. I agree. All lives do matter. But right now, all lives are not in danger. All lives are not dealing with this. It's mostly people that I see who are being murdered by the police officers year after year after year are black people or African-American people. And we can't deny this. We can't say it's not happening because it is. And I think that if we try to rationalize this and talk it out and try not to deal with this because it's uncomfortable to talk about, then we're doing ourselves and our country a disservice. And I just... I wondered how I should talk about it because I didn't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable you know I didn't want to make anyone feel any kind of way but then I thought about it you know I am uncomfortable talking about this but I think it's something that should be talked about because I am an African-American woman I'm married to an African-American man my children are all African-American and so I the last thing I want is for my children to be driving and they get a ticket and they encounter a police officer who's a racist and he's slapping them and beating them up and throwing them down to the ground and holding guns on them for no good reason at all. And I know people will say stuff like, well, you know, he tried to pass a counterfeit check. Okay, he did, maybe. But the point is, it's alleged. It's not actually true. But the, Well, it's alleged, saying it hasn't been proven yet. But the point is, do you deserve to die for that? Do you deserve to be beat up by police officers in a car for something so minor? Do you deserve to be 
on the ground with everybody kneeling on you when you're not even resistant. The guy was just asking for his mom. He's like, please, I can't breathe. He's letting them know he's having difficulty breathing. No one's listening. No one seems to care. And that's where it comes to me. It makes me think that when it comes to our society... And when it comes to racism, people don't care about black lives because it doesn't seem to mean anything to them. It doesn't seem to be worth anything. Yeah, they got fired. But you know what is getting fired? The man lost his life. He died. He can't come back. He can't walk. He can't get fired. Like, he's gone. There's, that's the end of it for him. But yet these police officers are allowed to just get fired. And yes, they've been arrested. Let people who are racist actually be in a police department or have any type of office where they're just going to use that office and abuse that office to kill and destroy a community. That is just my stand on things. And I don't know how to say it. I tried to write something down and I was just like, well, what should I say? How can I make this feel eloquent? Or how can I make this feel, you know, philosophical or, you know, philosophical? How can I make it sound like that? What can I say? What can I And based on what I am seeing that's been proven to me over and over and over that all of these African-American people who are getting shot for ridiculous things, killed for crazy things, that lady Brianna, she was just in her bed asleep and the police broke in and they shot her because it's the wrong house. These things should not happen. They should not occur. We should not be in fear of the police officers. We shouldn't feel like when we get into our car, this could be the end of our lives because what if we get shot for a taillight? What if we get shot for this, at not signaling to turn? What will happen to us then? It shouldn't be like that. I don't think the African-Americans should fear for their lives just by getting in their car to drive, to work, or to school, or to go. I don't think that is fair. And I think that we are all seeing that we do have a problem of racism in America. And it hasn't gone away. Now, granted, the majority of us are not racist at all. We want to live happily ever after. We want things to be good. We see people as people, and we don't see people as based on their color or their race. That is most of us. But there are people out there who can't see past your color, and they are doing things and discriminating against you. And now it's just really discriminating you because of the fact that you're black and you're driving, or you're black and someone called the cops on you, or you're black. And they feel that they can use the police officers to intimidate you because they know that they're wrong. Because the relationship between police officers and people who are African American and people of color is way different. It's a way different experience than people who are white may have with the police officers or people who are not a minority may have with the police officers. It's a different experience. And I saw that when that lady called the cops on this guy who just asked her to put her dog on a leash, which it was stated in the park that the dog should be on a leash, and she called the cops. It's like things like this does seem matter, and no matter how much we want to say there isn't racism, there is racism in America. So I had to ponder this all week, and you know, I thought about it last week, thought about it this week and yesterday. I didn't really post anything because I was like, I need time to think. And I've had my time to think. And I feel that today, instead of doing like a moment of silence for like George Floyd and all these other people who've been murdered by police officers because of their color, I feel that I need to do like a week of silence. So I'm not going to have a long episode.
go to my wardrobe and just play with that company and just see exactly what is the solution. Because I can't just keep going on, like, this is a problem, this is a problem. It's a problem, yes. We know it's a problem, we see it's a problem. But the way I think is, like, what can we do to change this? How can we change this? And I feel that we have to do something as Americans to change this narrative. Because it's clear that right now, our president is not trying to change this. And instead of making us better and trying to bring us together, I feel that his comments and his tactics and the things that he's doing is divisive. And he's trying to tear us apart. Because when we're, when we're together, we can do so much more when we're together than when we're divided and divisive. And I'm not going to get caught up into the things that are going this year um, against people or whatever. No, I am not against anybody. I'm not against any person. I'm not against any race. I'm against racism. And racism is a thing. It's not a person. It's not a color. It's a thing. And it's an intricate thing that has been established in our country to keep certain individuals down and disenfranchised. I'm against racism, but I'm not against people. So I asked myself, like, Tiana, what can you do about this? How can you change it? So I came up with several ideas of maybe some things I could do because I feel that me not saying anything is me condoning what's been going on. Me not saying anything is almost saying, well, you know, I agree with them. You're, you know, it's not really that bad. Me not saying anything and not taking a stand for something is pretty much just saying that I condone what's happening. And I don't condone what's going on. I can't condone what's going on. I love people. I love people of all races. And I cannot sit here and not say anything when we have leadership that is trying to incite riots. We have leadership who's recklessly speaking ridiculous stuff instead of trying to calm things down. Who's not even trying to de-escalate the situation. If anything, he's escalating the situation by telling police officers to do all kinds of stuff. I can't get behind that. And I have to say, I think that it's wrong. It is wrong, Tiana. And I can't get behind that and agree with anything our president is saying or doing right now because he is wrong. So what can I do differently? What can we do differently? I think what we can do differently is, first and foremost, look at ourselves and see what we can do. I know people think, well, I'm just one person. What can one person do? Well, you know, one person can do a lot of things. And I know that one person can make a huge change in how people see things and how things are done. Let me tell you a story. Um, most of you guys, well, you may not know this, but I'm a church fan. And I remember as a kid, I used to hear this story about David and Goliath. And how it was like, Goliath, the Philistines were coming to fight against the um, children of Israel. And Goliath was like this big giant. And he kept coming in and he kept telling the children of Israel, send somebody out to fight me. If they win, if, if they kill me, then you guys won the war. If I kill them, I win the war and I get to take your country over. I get to take all your people. You know, he did this every single day. And everybody was afraid of him because they were terrified of what he would do. Because he was so big and they were like so small. Because, you know, he's a giant, like 20, 30 feet. And here they are, like regular height. So they were afraid of him. And then one day, this little boy, David, he came from the battle because his father told him to bring his brother to a fighting stunt in Bethlehem. So he brought them some stuff from home. And while he was there, he heard the giant saying, send someone out to fight me. And the giant kept on just antagonizing them. Like, send someone out to fight me. Or are you guys too afraid? Your God's not going to do anything. And it was just that kind of taunting that kept going on. 
So David, as small as he was, he got upset and he went to the king, who was King Saul, and he was like, I will go fight the giant. So at first the king looked at him and he was shocked because even the king was afraid to fight the giant. So he was just like a little kid. He was like, I'm going to fight this giant. He's like, okay. So at first he gave him all his armor and he put the armor on. It was too heavy. He couldn't do anything with it. So then he went back and he was like, no, I'm just going to take my slingshot and I'm just going to go and fight the giant. And of course, the king thought this was crazy. He's like, I'm sending this kid to his death, but okay, he is fighting giants now. So David went out, he fought the giant, and then he did something first. He prayed, he was like, God, help me to win this fight, help me win this battle. Then he went out and he started to fight the giant. As he went to fight the giant, he picked up like five stones along the way. And he was running for the giant, and he just put the stones in the slingshot, and he was throwing at the giant, and guess what happened? It hit the giant in the forehead, and he just fell down, and he died. And so David actually won the war for the children of Israel. And why am I telling you this story? Okay, let's get something straight. I am not telling you to run out here with slingshots and shoot people and try to harm or kill people. No, that's not what I'm trying to say. I just brought that story up because here's a little kid, a young man, a little boy, who went out and did something huge for the na his nation at the time, which was win the war and kill a giant. Okay, let's come back from Bible times and let's come to 2020. Okay, so here we are. We are in a war, and I feel that this is a race war that's going on, and I don't think that this is good. I know it's not good. It's not good for our country. It's not good for our society. This is not good. So, what can you do as an individual? What can I do as a person? Because I'm just one person. I don't have any office. I'm just a citizen of the United States. But I was thinking about what I could do as a person. And I was like, well, David can do that. There has to be something that one person can do. How can I make a difference? So here's what I come to the conclusion. Here's how I can make a difference. And here are just some ways you can make a difference. If you are feeling like our country is being destroyed by all the hate and violence and racism that's going on. I know there are some things that we can do. Like for one, I remember when I used to work for the um, Department of Alabama um, Rehabilitation Services. We had this we had this saying saying document, document, document because if you don't document they get nothing. So if somebody said or did something and I didn't write it down and they came back later and said, Well you said you were gonna do this and I'm like, Well you told me to do this first and if I didn't write it down, then it looks like I didn't keep my end of the bargain because I didn't write it down. So I think one of the things we can do to make sure African Americans who are being shot, lived, tell about it is maybe if we are sitting down, maybe if you're driving one day and you see 50,000 police officers around, one guy who's African-American who's on the ground, maybe we can just stop our cars at a safe distance and videotape what is going on to ensure that this person gets there safely. And maybe it's not just one person stopped to videotape to ensure this person got there safely, but a lot of people, like multiple people, were stopped and videotape is going on to ensure that this person gets there safely. If someone does something wrong, then yes, they do need to face the consequences, but you don't need to be beat up and murdered because you're having an encounter with the police. Or if you are stopped, if you see an African-American getting stopped for a traffic violation, I say we can just pull over and videotape it to make sure that this person gets a ticket and that they're allowed to live. I don't think encounters with the police should be like a death sentence. And so that's one thing we can do. Instead of we have community watch, 
you can talk to his wife. His wife can make sure they're doing what they're supposed to do. His wife can make sure that they're doing what we are paying them to do with our tax dollars. And I'm sure we are not paying them in cash. No. We can be wise and make sure that these people are alive at the end of this traffic stop to tell about what happened or just alive to go home to their families. Alive to go to their church. Just alive, I feel, is the strongest thing. We can do that. Um, that's one thing we could do. And I'm just saying, not all police officers are bad. I get that. Because I have experienced some police officers who were not extremely brave in some ways. But I'm just seeing a lot of police officers right now who are brave. And a lot of them who just bring violence with you on set. And it's not just violence with everyone. Because I do see a lot of people who do serious crimes. They're allowed to live. They can tell about it. Nothing happens to them. They're not beat up. But when it comes to African Americans, the chance of them getting beat up and assaulted from a police officer is way higher than that of their counterparts. So we can stop. We have maybe a police block. We can stop to make sure that they're okay and that they're not getting murdered or hurt and make sure that the police officers are held accountable for how rough and hostile they are towards individuals who are African Americans. Another thing we can do is we can protest, peaceful protest, of course, and make your voices heard. We can do that. We can, if you know there's a corporation or a business that's racist, we can just boycott them and not buy any of their stuff because I am not going to spend my money at any establishment that does not respect the lives of people. So we can do that. And another thing that we can do, and I think this is very important for us to do, and it goes with voting. Now, I know some people don't vote when they can elect, when they vote for local government. We can vote in our local government because that's where change will start here if we start voting for our local government, if we start voting for ourselves, if we start voting for our police chief. If we see that the people who are running for office are racist or that they have high police brutality um, incidents, we cannot vote for them. And if they're already in office, we can make our voices known at the poll and vote them out of office because this is not acceptable. And you cannot have that job where you're supposed to uphold the law if you're going to break it and let racism allow you to use that as a cover and let your job allow you to use it as a cover for your racist behavior and tactics. So we can vote and make sure the people that we vote into office are not racist. We can vote for legislation to change and how police deals with how the police officers deal with people. We can also vote for this coming November. We can definitely vote for an, our leader or the president of the United States. Right now, I feel that he has not done much to bring us together, but he's done so much to tear us apart. So we can make our voices heard, and we can let our voices be known that we're not going to tolerate this. We are not going to live in a country where the leader is antagonizing the citizens and putting people against each other and graphically making your life unpleasant. We can get out there in November and we can vote and let our voices be known that we will not tolerate anyone to tear down our country and to make it a place where other countries will have its advantage. We refuse to let that happen. So as citizens, we can make our voices known. We can go out and we can vote and we can take down any and everybody who's a racist and who's using their high office as a way to constantly oppress people who are African Americans. We can do that. Another thing we can do is we can run for office ourselves. And 
it you'll be heard a lot. I know you may sound not qualified, maybe I don't have any notes, but if you are passionate, if you want to make a change, if you want things to change, sometimes the change just starts with us and how we do things. It starts with us. So we can run for office. We can make sure that we have policies in place where people are protected. People are valued. People are not allowed to be um, oppressed or beat up or murdered just because of the color of their skin. So we can run for office. Another thing that we can do that I think we can say a couple more things we can do. Another thing we can do is if we know someone who is who feels like the system has failed them, they feel that the only way for them to react to the oppressive situation is to react in violence, we can talk them down. We can do that because we can't expect our leaders to talk you down. We can't expect that. We cannot expect our president to talk you down. So we need to gather all the people and talk them down and let them know there are other options, there are other ways we can do this. We can get out, we can vote, we can do this, we can do that. But they need to know that there's another way to do this. And we can make that change by being peaceful and talking people down and negotiating. We can start doing that now in our society. Another thing that we can do so that we can ensure that the next generation that comes up will not take part in this racist behavior is we can teach our children that our people matter. We can teach them that we do not discriminate because of the color of their skin. And if you see your brother and he's being oppressed or he falls down, then you can help them up. We can teach our children how to be helpful, how to look past all the excuses and let them know that we have more in common than we have that divides us. We have more in common than we have apart from each other. We need to let our kids know that we are all citizens of the human race and that we need to love and respect and accept each other for who they are. We shouldn't let the color of our skin be the thing that determines how we treat people, whether it's good or bad. We should treat people good and with respect and with love because they are people. And that is what we are supposed to do. And I believe by teaching our kids and the younger generations to love and accept people, that this is the way we can start to eradicate this whole system of racism by letting our kids know that we love people, we accept people, we're there for each other. And I think a way that we can also help tear down this whole feeling of not saying anything or being afraid to help people or say, I stand with you, this is wrong, is to let our kids know that if you see something that's happening that is wrong and you say something and you don't ignore it, you don't act like it didn't happen, you don't look away, you say something and you be a part of the solution to help resolve this problem. Because I feel if more kids were taught that, and especially the police officers who might be good but may not say anything, for whatever reason, which of course does not make them good, but you know, it's not saying anything. I think if more people would speak up about injustice and say, this is wrong, don't do it. Imagine if one of those cops there had gone to that guy and was like, no, get your leg off of him, stop. He's down, it's enough, let's take him to jail. It would have been a whole different outcome. But no, they sat there and watched. And in my eyes, you are just as guilty if you watch someone being murdered or killed or oppressed and you do nothing, then you're just as wrong as they are. Even if you are not a racist, but you stand there and you watch a lot of things happen, you are just as guilty as the person who you watch take that life. Especially if you did nothing, you did nothing to stop it. 
I just think that we need to look at things differently. We need to have a different approach. We need to teach the younger generation, this is wrong. This is not how we act. This is how we act. This is what we should do. And I believe that in time, things will be different. Martin Luther King said in his speech, I have a dream, and his goal was to see black and white children holding hands and singing, singing together. And I feel that that dream started, but that dream is not to completion yet because we have not done it. And I feel that we can help Martin Luther King finish what his dream was. He started the dream, but we need to help him complete this dream so that we are in a world where racism is not allowed, racism is not tolerated, and it's looked down upon as a stereotype. We need to be in a place where people, and even religious leaders, are not afraid to speak up about what is wrong. People who are not afraid to rock the boat to get justice, and people who are not afraid to stand up for each other and speak out for each other. Because I know I teach my girls, if you're in school and someone's getting bullied, and if there's something you can do to stop that person from getting beat up or hurt, then you do it. My kids know that. And I just think that as a society, we need to have that mindset like, if, even if it's not affecting you, if your brother or your sister or someone is being oppressed and they're being hurt and they're being demoralized and things are not fair for them, it's our responsibility to step in and to say, no, this is not fair. You cannot let this happen. So that's, those are my thoughts. I'm sorry I didn't have any eloquent way of putting it, but you know, this is me. This is just how I feel. And I haven't said anything about this for a long time, but you know, I can't condone this anymore. I'm tired of people dying. I'm tired of African Americans dying all the time when they're stopped or when they're jogging in their neighborhood or a lady feels like she can call the cops on one an African American man just because he's threatening my life and he's not just because he's sick. I'm tired of this injustice. I'm tired of this one-sidedness that police officers have and how they view African Americans as threats, but when it's their counterparts, they don't view them as threats. So this is how I feel. And guys, I just want you to know I love you guys. I really do. But this is where my heart is at right now. And I feel that I can share this with you. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to what I have to say today. Um, next week, we will have another podcast episode, and it is about um, how to reconnect with yourself if you're disconnected. But this week, I just felt like I needed to get this off my chest. I needed to say something, and I needed to verbalize my feelings. All right, well, guys, if you have any questions for me, you want to connect with me, you know how that is. Just go to the Music and Vibes Facebook page, or you can go to our website, which is musicandvibes.com, and you can connect with me there on our contact um, part of the website. You can also listen to older episodes if you'd like. So if you have any questions or you have any older episodes, go over to the website, www.musicandvibes.com, and you can get everything you need to get there. All right, guys. Love you so much. Thank you for listening. And I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Bye-bye. Oh.